Really? What's a MILF? Mom, why are you always up my butt? Tell me! <sighs> it just means a good-looking older lady. Oh. Am I a MILF? Oh my god, Mom. Come on, you think I'm a MILF, don't you, Billy? Mom, go away. Well, I think I'm a MILF. Kind of like the sound of that. Oh my god. Oh, that reminds me, I'm going out with Deborah later. I better go slip into something milfy. <sighs> children not to walk my way. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a dog shit episode already. Actually, great movies, but also dog shit movies. So. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. That's for certain. It's kind of crazy how 2021 has already, like, markedly been the year of mommy issues. Like, end of 2020 into 2021. Mm -hmm. I don't know, is that entirely Resident Evil's fault, or like... I don't think entirely, but... Because that really blew it up at the yeah. time. A lot of people with their mommy issues. Yeah, and so do we, apparently, because we have a lot of issues with the mommies we cover this week. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep, so for those who are maybe joining for their first time, or because this is just a good thing to do all the time anyway, and we forget half the time, I'm Aria. And uh, I, I'm uh, I'm Lori, or you can call me Big Mama. <laughs> Big Mama Motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would you would love answering to that. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like you. And uh, this is Queer Horror Cult. Uh, I'd hope you know that if you clicked the link. Mm -hmm. But no judgment. No judgment, no judgment. God, yeah, we are steadily into that um, crawl into winter mm -hmm. with the, the time change and it dark all the time and it just being kind of miserable. So we, we, we're doing more movies per episode, it seems, than we have <laughs> in a little while, probably because there's not a lot else to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so sad. Just a couple of weeks ago, it started snowing and so I ran outside and skateboarded as long as I could before it got too snowy. <laughs> I think I just worked that day. I don't even remember yeah. anymore. That sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, but we watched actually some absolute bangers. And some and, not and so also, much. And then also a movie. <laughs> One of those movies that it's like, why have we not covered this yet? But I guess we were waiting for, for 2021 when everyone's just obsessed with mommy milkers or whatever the <laughs> fuck people are saying. I hate it here. I hate Twitter. <laughs> um, what did we watch? What are we doing? What is the theme this week? The Three Mothers trilogy, and I say that very loosely because yep. uh, with each one, you're like, hey, that's not right. Uh, mm, okay, you seem to have forgotten this. Okay, you said this in the last movie, and now you're saying this in this movie, but I guess we'll allow it. Well, you know, Dario Argento walked to the MC you could run. It, I mean, do what you want. Like, no one's going to stop you. No one's going to stop you. But yeah, so... Sadly, it's a trilogy and not just a duology or whatever. Or not a trilogy that was made back when. Back in the day. Back when. And uh, we will get into that when we get there, I guess. But to start off, uh, Suspiria, 1977. Total classic. Yes, so for those who are needing a reminder somehow, maybe it's been a while since you've seen it. Uh, I so will be surprised if anyone who listens to our podcast has not seen Suspiria. That's why I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm like, maybe it's just been a while since and you've seen it. And if there is, I'm so jealous. 
Yeah. <laughs> so like, I want to watch it for the first time yeah. again. Totally true. Suspiria takes place at a dance academy in Freiburg, Germany, where an American student has come to join the academy to dance. And uh, weird shit is happening both from like the very moment she first steps foot on the property. It's funny, I, I, and I'm sure I've said this on record in the past, but like, this movie makes no fucking sense, but it's just vibes, and it's yeah. like, so pretty, so who cares? It made sense this time. Yeah, it made sense. Imagine that when you actually pay attention. I, okay, this is like <laughs> yeah. the third or fourth time I've seen it, and so like, I, it's not that I haven't paid attention, but I think part of it you pointed out was that this is the best restoration we've watched yet, and so oh. there's things that you can see that's like, yeah. oh, there's eyes in the, me- in like the window, there's eyes on the other side of the glass in this scene. Yeah. Well, not just eyes, you actually see the head that they're attached to right. as well. Right, yeah. yeah. And so maybe that kind of thing helped? Yeah, we watched it in 4K on a giant TV. It yes. Was, it was a very enjoyable way to experience this movie. Absolutely. But yeah, that, that right off the bat, this opening is, like, great. I just love, you know, even the title cards coming off in some weird, almost spaghetti western font, <laughs> and you just hear Goblin score mm-hmm. coming in, and it's just like, oh boy, I'm in for an experience. Absolutely. Um, I, I love parts of the opening, just the way like it establishes the look of the film so quickly with the weird color palette, like when she mm-hmm. gets into the taxi and the, the rain smashing against the window, and how German it is when she gets in the car and tries to say where she's going, and she says the name of the place so many times, the guy's like, what, what, that's not a place, what are you fucking talking about? So she shows him the piece of paper, and he's just like, ah, and says it ever so slightly pronounced differently, mm-hmm. and it's like... If that wasn't my uh, experience in Germany at all, like, trying to do the few words that I knew where they would just, like, cut you off and it's like, we're doing this in English. Yeah. Versus <laughs> Italy. Berliners. Yeah, versus Italy where it's just, like, you try and it's like, have free spaghetti. Depends where you go. I was at yeah. a bank one time and she was just like, can we speak English? And I was like, okay. That was funny. I was at a bank one time and they wouldn't let me in even though well, I, was I was holding a my town. credit it wasn't, card. It wasn't Rome because I was there with yeah. you for that. But anyway. I, I was there and they're just like, they're like, no, no change, no change. And I'm just like pointing You're at like, my credit I card. It's like, to I take my money. To stimulate your economy. <laughs> Please let me. Yeah, that was funny. But um, she shows up to the dance academy and this is like one of my favorite intro sequences to a movie for a long time with like setting up to the double murder Mm-hmm. and all that what did you think of the opening double murder aria <laughs> yeah so we see the when Susie gets to the academy there's like somebody rushing to leave mm-hmm. and seems to be in a hurry and when Susie goes to you know get in yeah. <laughs> out of the rain uh, somebody on the like intercom or whatever is like, we don't know who you are. Like, leave. Yeah. We don't want you here. That was such Bobby Hill energy. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> but in that like almost shallow voice, like, we don't know you. Get away. Get away. Don't come here. That actually moment is great. Uh, highlighting of where this movie does touch on sort of Jalo elements because this is his first like non Jalo. Like, I know there's a huge there is a huge discussion to be had about whether this counts or not as a Jalo. I'm right. not really a purist, so I don't really give a shit. But um, this is distinctly different from mm-hmm. the movies he made before this in that it doesn't fit that format. Exactly. But this moment is one of the big ones because she keeps coming back to it. It's like, I couldn't remember what she was saying. What was that thing I'm forgetting? Yes. And it's like, that is such a Jalo moment. That Especially is. a Dario Argento Jalo where it's like, I can't remember one detail. It was storming so hard, I couldn't hear a fucking thing except like the rain and the wind. But later on, I actually remembered what she was saying. Well, that's also it's very Argento magic. where it's there, there's nothing that really makes them remember it. It's just 
when it's convenient in the plot, they're like, oh, this happened. Right, she said this. Yeah. But it didn't really make any sense. We'll, we'll let it slide. Yes. So before, you know, Susie actually gets in, we yeah, we have our, our double murder where this um, dancer who left the academy goes to someone else's apartment and is like, I need to get away from here and is seems to be pretty upset about something that went down. I love the, the interior design of this building. Mm-hmm. Good God. <laughs> Makes me want to like, I don't know, rip people off with NFTs enough to, to be able to redecorate my house to look like <laughs> look Art Nouveau. Uh, I, I almost threw up my mouth just saying that. Yeah, don't do that. Not worth it. No. Do not sell your soul. Yeah, some, some things are not worth it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think she's, she's alone in the, she's in the bathroom and like the windows blow open and yeah. it's like all this like spooky, like, Ooh, it seems like something or someone is after her, yeah. but we can't really see or know what it is. Is she just paranoid? Is there something afoot? Mm-hmm. And it turns out there is something afoot cause she gets killed and so does the other lady. Yeah. That was a good moment where the 4k restoration kind mm-hmm. of jumped out because the image has always looked a bit too muddy before to the point that there's there's a long, you know, building suspense scene where she, it looks like she thinks she sees something outside the window and it's just her peering into the dark, cutting to nothing, cutting back. And then after like 30 seconds, that these eyes appear. And it was just like, why did she know to look? Like, I know sometimes you get that feeling, but it, the way it was drawn out was kind of off. It had that like dramatic, like, well, I, I remember I was just like thinking like, oh, she's doing that thing that like, Binchies doing horror movies yeah. where they're just like, oh, there's something yeah. happening. Like, yeah, that just like, but, I'm looking at nothing until all of a sudden there is yeah. something. And it's like, oh no, she actually did but yeah, see something. Yeah, on the 4K, you actually see the silhouette of the person, but yeah. it's just like so dark. That reminds me of uh, our, our first short film where we set the, the, the lighting to perfectly be the killer comes out of the shadow, like yeah. Halloween style. And then we watched it on a better TV and you could just see the killer standing in the background <laughs> the entire fucking time. I was like, oh. Yeah, Whoops. don't just watch this on, like, a dark computer screen. <laughs> Oopsie-daisy. Yeah. So after these murders, we uh, see, you know, following day, Susie manages to get into the academy, the instructors, headmen, I don't know what to call them. Miss Tenenbaum. The ladies no, wait, in charge. Miss Tenenbaum. That's, that's a different movie. Tanner, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I made and the classic Blanc mistake. And too, maybe, I think. Yeah, I made the classic yeah. mistake of collapsing Dario Argento's in Suspiria with Wes uh, Anderson's <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums. That was hard for me to get to because I almost said Wes Craven's Royal Tenenbaums. We are just having full a of Freudian slips today. It is gloomy out. We went for a walk and it did not help. That brain's still not functioning yeah. fully. Um, and yeah, they're like, well, we don't know what was going on last night. Like we were expecting you and you didn't show up and like, it's weird. And, um, so yeah, as things are getting more settled, uh, you know, some weird stuff is happening. Like Susie collapses during dance. Like she's hit with this really like, oh, my energy has been sapped. That felt so like I got the vapors melodrama. Totally. Like I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because it didn't happen after that person, like, reflected the like light off the mirror into yeah. their eyes or something yeah. like was it one of the help that was doing that yeah, or, yeah 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 those i think it was a woman and the kid in the hallway maybe yeah, the, the fro lines yeah. yeah and uh this one particular friend that Susie makes was like oh i knew the girl who you saw leaving and she was like she was she was she was being a bit much towards the end. She was talking yeah. about witches and about all this stuff that's going on and the secrets of the academy. And she just just kind of seemed in over her head. And yeah. now she's dead. Yeah, 
it's weird how this feels a bit realistic and a bit much in terms of how they respond to the murders because like right away there's cops there's like when she shows up there's detectives that's right specifically trying to like yeah there's a murder and they're actually taking it seriously but then when the bodies keep piling up it's just like oh there was a murder yesterday oh wow anyway <laughs> another one uh, yeah it'd be like that sometimes yeah, it's because, just the season. You know, like, one double murder involving someone from the Dance Academy, understandable. <laughs> Multiple murders. Involved. I mean, not all of them turned up, though. Some of them was like, oh, they disappeared in the middle of the night yeah. and packed all their bags, and they didn't say where they were going. And in terms of uh, the piano player, it's not necessarily a murder. Right. Or it wouldn't look like one. We know it's yeah. a supernatural murder, but... Yes, that's true. But the connection is still there, so I could see, you know, yeah. Jalo cops love to make connections oh, that are tenuous that. between things i feel like a jello cop is just like you know charlie with the pepe sylvia but rather than <laughs> freaking out they just sit there sipping a, a cappuccino it's like time for my siesta true and so one thing i know i've said about this movie in the past is that when suzy goes to meet with the like professor mm-hmm. friend guy where it's like oh and all of a sudden there's witches oh super classic udo kier yeah during, yeah, during yeah his like dreamboat phase yes and this time I, maybe it was, uh, that was another thing. I was like, maybe it was the subtitles and them being more thorough, but like there's part in one of the like goblin song motifs, whatever you want to call it, where you just hear like, witch. Yeah. 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 Cause it is there from the start, but you have to actually pay attention to, or like be able to pay attention to certain aspects of it. And so I was like, oh, witch. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, it doesn't just come up later. And so maybe that cued me in a bit more to be... Well, I noticed with this one, um, and I don't blame you because sometimes some of the things we slog through, whether it's for the podcast or just watching a movie in general, you, you get distracted easily because that's how you save your brain while going through the movie. <laughs> and so, like, you brought crochet stuff mm-hmm. to, like, keep your hands busy while you're you're watching it. And, and for this one, you, like, put it all away, like, under 20 minutes into yeah. the movie. We're just, like, staring wrapped, like, oh, my God, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. I do know. like it. Um, but yeah, so that was like, oh, so there is some continuity throughout here. It's not just like, you know, 75% of the way through the like, oh, so, so witches. And then also with that, knowing that that was there more so throughout also maybe made me kind of like put ideas together as far as like, oh, maybe that's like, I'll give an example. So with, um, like the green light, especially when she's sleeping and then you see it sort of like. It almost like it's coming through the wall as like they're yeah. moving through this tor- through the hallway yeah. at night, and so I was like, oh, maybe it's a witch thing, right? Yeah, maybe rather than just being pretty, it's also like, oh, there's this is a sign that like there's some weird shit happening, mm-hmm. and it's not just like the aesthetic of the movie. It's actually supposed to be like something like in the movie that's indicative of yeah, like something going on. I feel like that's a good example when it comes to imitators too of just like looking at its surface level mm-hmm. and then pulling away from that. Being like, oh, it's it's cool lighting because you can, as opposed to like, hey, they're actually doing something. Yeah. That, you know, it, it is cool lighting because yes. you can, but it's also, you know, used for effect. It's functioning more deeply than yeah. that, potentially, or at least it's open for interpretation. Yeah, it, it's funny with the lighting, too, in this sort of quote-unquote huge air quotes around this, like, renaissance of Neo-Jolly, because mm-hmm. oftentimes you're like, Okay, I guess if you say so. A lot of people are like, oh yes, this is inspired by a giallo. And it's like, what they mean by that is... The aesthetic. Colorful lights and maybe black gloves and that's it. Rather than by structure or form or anything. 
But it's funny that that happens because if you look at Argento, because usually when they think Jalo, they think the colored lights that come from his least Jalo movies, mm-hmm. like both Suspiria and Inferno. Totally. Because if you look at his movies before that, they do use lighting sometimes, but they're a lot more plain and naturalistic. Right. Like especially Tenebrae, which came after Inferno bombed, unfortunately. Mm. It's probably his plainest looking movie in terms of lighting. Right. And like he uses it to effect for sure, but it's just, it's brightly lit. It's uh, fairly normative. So it's kind of funny to, to hear that aspect where people like really pick up on the lighting and they're not even applying it to his most, like thinking of the lighting in his most giallo movies. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe I'm just being a stickler. Um, another thing with the witches would be Susie's health. Where she's, you know, as we mentioned, she collapses and then she's kind of on the mend, but not really 100%. And yeah, she even mentions, like, I'm fine, actually, and then she relapses, yeah. yeah. And at some point she links it to, like, what they're feeding her and what the doctor yeah. is giving her. You're and... that red wine that looks like blood. Yeah, yeah. And... Or just pouring a vase full of water down her throat. So you have to drink as it's just like... Blah, blah. Totally. <laughs> They're fucking waterboarding her in bed. And it's like, okay, yeah, that, that's how you help someone who collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a, that, that, yes, that is how you nurse someone back to health. But it seems when she's, like, all fucked up, uh, like, health-wise, and, you know, just like, help, help, things are going on, that the witch stuff comes to the forefront as, like, spooky going-ons happen. And a lot and, of the time it's while she's, like, asleep and can't wake up. Yeah. Yeah, she's almost in a trance, right? Well, because the, the friend who knew the girl who got murdered will be like, Susie, please, wake up, yeah. wake up! And then Susie's just like, oh, oh Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Just, like, pass the fuck out. So you almost get the sense that it's like, oh, are they drugging her? Yeah. Doing something? I don't know. And having weird revelations tied to sleep in this movie kind of helps with the dreamlike quality. Mm Because there's also the part where the the maggots fall through the ceiling. Yeah. And they all have to have the big sleepover in the big open space, like one of the dance rooms. Mm -hmm. And that's when they realize that uh, I can't remember what they say her name is, like her pseudonym or whatever. Right. But there's a... Mark, or, well, yeah. Helena Marcos. Hel- yeah, Marcos. But... Where they're just like, hey, is she staying here tonight? And they're like, no, she goes home. Okay. And then it's like, but I hear her. Yeah, I hear her, like, her, her weird like... breathing. <laughs> her yeah, weird and you're like, ASMR. oh, is, is this where the mother of size comes from? Yeah. But I don't know. But yeah, you, the, it's, I don't know if I've really thought so specifically about that, but like sleep factors into this movie a lot, even mm-hmm. though it's not about dreams. Just there's this like wavering between consciousness and not that uh, seems to be when the weirdest shit happens, but not Absolutely. not even in the way where it's trying to be like, was it all a dream? Because no. the movie's not doing that at all. No. But uh, I don't know. It has that sort of surreal quality. And that's one of the things we love about it. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, during one of those bouts when she can't, um, the friend can't wake Susie up. That's when she meets her mm-hmm. unfortunate Untimely. man. That's an interesting sequence. Yes. That is one of the sequences in the movies where I think the 4K kind of betrays it a little bit. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's when she's trying to escape the uh, gloved killer with the straight razor. That's where we get the nice little jollo elements. Yes. Uh, and she escapes through the small window, which, you know, I really love the staging and lighting of the scene. But when she sees the door that she can get through and then jumps off into like the huge spools of like piano wire everywhere i think that that moment was always sold better to me when it was muddier because it's mm-hmm. just like in the when it's this clear it's like how the fuck did you not see all of that wire right. that you just jumped into whereas it's it's like, just you're jumping into the dark abyss 
Because it's like literally just below the bottom of the camera. The camera like barely lowers yeah. and you see it all that she's jumping into. Right. So there's a couple moments like that. When the uh, blind piano players with his guide dog in the courtyard, there is a shot where you can see the wires of the camera rig. Mm. And it's like, oh yeah, you can just see them when it's this clear. I never noticed them before. Like, right. Especially not when I had it like on DVD from Anchor Bay way back. Um, you know, what looks good about this movie and sounds good is uh, enough to make me, like, I'm happy to overlook those parts of it. Absolutely. Yeah. But then the friend gets got with uh, probably one of the gorier scenes in this movie uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, throat slitting. Like, Argento, I think he's, at least in his early work, remembered as being much splatterier than he actually is. Mm-hmm. Like, Deep Red goes pretty hard um, for stuff like that. But Suspiria, it's not a particularly graphic movie. No. It has, it has its moments and its yeah. set pieces, like especially that first double murder at the beginning. Yes, yes. That's probably why you're kind of like primed for it, because mm-hmm. that that's a very like... Over Whoa, the you went there? Points. Okay. Okay, yeah, maybe I take back my words a bit, because there's the scene where she's getting stabbed over and that's over true. and over again. It literally shows the hole in her chest, and she gets stabbed <laughs> in the beating heart. Right. And it's like, okay. That's kind of hard. Yeah, that's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty headstrong. <laughs> But that kind of brings us into the climax of this movie. Yeah, eventually Susie picks up where the friend left off, and um, she kind of remembers some of the conversations they had about, like, oh, well, you know, they, I hear them at night, and they hear the footsteps, and then, because I think it was Susie who pointed out, it's like, well, they go the wrong way, so they're not leaving the building, they're actually going going deeper deeper into into the the building, building. and I think um, her friend left her the... Yeah, because she was counting the footsteps, Yeah. yeah. So at some point, yeah, Susie is like, okay, I will retrace these steps and see what I can do. Yeah. And ends up in that room where she was meeting with yeah, right Tanner start, or someone yeah. when yeah. And And she realizes that the footsteps end there because it's carpeted. Carpet. Yeah. yeah. And then she you know start remembers more of what the girl who was killed was saying yeah. about like the straight you know the the blue iris yeah. and secret blue secret. iris. Blue iris turned three times. But yeah, and we find the like I don't know what to call it, the the inner bowels of the building, full of Latin and Greek and Hebrew and yeah. and all these words for, like, witches and God and mm-hmm. all, yeah. It, it's very sort of, like, classics looking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. I love the architecture all the way through this movie. Like, I, I already talked mm-hmm. about how great it was at the apartment, but this dance academy looks amazing. Yes. I should uh, do some further research about the... Architecture. I probably should have done that before we recorded the episode, but I'm curious, especially with this and Inferno, how much of it was built for, for the, movies. the movie. Because, like, you know, this is some very lush set design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of thing you don't really see today. No, I think I even mentioned like the only filmmaker I can think of that that goes this hard working now is uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, for like going crazy on the set design. Like everyone else seems to just, you know, it's like we can green screen it or it can look plane and you know that wouldn't serve every movie right like yeah a marriage story but they're in the dance academy from (laughs) freiburg it's like no yeah that dingy shitty motel looking townhouse whatever the fuck they're in i haven't actually seen this movie now you just recut it (laughs) yeah um but yeah she comes across the she hears them scheming and finds out like oh well that susie stopped 
eating the food we gave her. We, she has to be taken care of. Yeah, I, I love I love their, their very secret scheming. She must die! She must die! Die! And it just, like, goes on for five minutes. And we're like, oh, kill her! She must die! She stopped eating our food. And it's like, I mean, to be fair, it's an Italian movie, so I guess that, yeah. that would be a pretty upsetting revelation. That's true. Yeah, that would be yeah. pretty culturally offensive. Yeah. That's that's the only reason, even though they're in Germany. Yes. <laughs> Although, you know, I actually don't know German culture about refusing food or not. I've only been there twice. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, she, you know, trying to trying to be sneaky, not be detected, ends up in this room with who else than Helena Marcos. Yeah. The... Just before she does, they think they hear her yes. and they send... The, like, the, the, the guy that they always make fun of for being the, ugly, the, as they call him. Yeah, I just think he's, like, only speaks Romanian or something. Yeah, yeah. And he's Probably got, like, his, his, like, George Washington wooden teeth or whatever. Yes. Uh, he's holding the lighter of the friend. The dead who, girl, who got yeah. murdered and stuff. That's like they right. specifically point out this lighter a couple times. And when she hides from him, she sees the dead girl. Like, she's yes. on the table with her throat slit and she has pins in her eyes. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, that, that is something that happens and it's kind of relevant to what follows. Absolutely. And uh, Helena Marcos is awakened and is not happy about this. And, uh, yeah, we get a little bit of a yeah. battle, I guess? Yeah. Well, she's awakened when she walks in and accidentally bumps into that weird, like, peacock statue. Yeah. The bird with the crystal plumage. Hey. Like, literally. Knocks it over and uh, it wakes yes. her up. So she grabs one of the, the, it's like they're, like, like hat pins or something that are sticking out of it. I don't even know what they're for. It's just, like, interesting sculpture where when you knock it over, knives come out. <laughs> That's how all sculpture should be. I mean, yeah, actually, now, now that now that it's said and it's out there, you're completely right. Yeah, when she goes to stab her, um, she opens the curtain and there's no one there. Yes, because you sort of I think it was like a bit of a silhouette. Yeah. But then... I like I like the effect they do where that you see the impression yeah. on the bed and it's like kind of moving a bit and it's just like that's cool. That's creepy. That was a mechanical effect, clearly, yes. and it's like that's cool. Yeah, because the digital or whatever it would have been one. Not so good, yeah. but I mean, like there's for the one. Time. The only visual effects I can think of in this movie are the eyes appearing. And well, I'm thinking of specifically when she figures out where Marcos is. And because that. Of, I was about yeah. to say that as well. Yeah, yeah. Like those are the only ones I can think of when the lightning flashes. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah, Mark, you dare challenge Helena Marcos, yeah. and you're you're going to hell and the dead friend gets reanimated I and it's really kind of fucking creepy. I really love that sequence. I'm glad you said that because it really creeped me out the first couple yeah. times I saw this. It still creeps me out. It's really well done. Yes. It's really effective. Like this is one of those movies, put it in, uh, wait till it's dark, mm-hmm. have the sound up and you'll, there Absolutely. are some effective moments in there and this is, uh, one of them, like, I love the way it's, it's like, drawn out where it's just, like, death is behind that door. And then it just opens slightly and the fingers curl around. Mm-hmm. And it's like, shit, a lot of, like, ghost movies don't go this way. Yeah, hard. like, this is intense. Yeah. But then when she slams the door open, it comes through and just, like, looks so fucked up. Yeah, she's like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite as hard as this, at least not when I saw it. But I kind of get a bit of the vibes of, like, the, the Pet cemetery reveal from mm-hmm. the classic with the sister in the bed where that was, like... I remember people, at least in my age, being like, when they would see that movie, they're like, that part fucked me up. Mm. Like, it was so creepy. And then, yeah, when she's, uh, Susie's about to meet death and or hell and or whatever, um, yeah, like you said, these, like, lightning strikes realize Mm -hmm. that where that silhouette that she had seen of Helena Marcos, it's like, oh, it's, she's still there. She's just invisible. Yeah. Just doing witch things. So she stabs her. 
Yeah, and then she becomes flesh or something, or visible. I guess she yes. was flesh, but visible. She looks like one of the Evil Dead. Yeah, that's one of those up. things. Like I remember that now, but like I remember, uh, I think when I first showed this to you, I'd forgotten about that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh snap, they went hard on the makeup there like, too. Okay. And that spells the end of what is it, Mater Superiorum? Well, that's the thing is that. You would think, but then they refer to her as, like, the mother of darkness, is, is what the 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 prof calls her. It's like, oh, yeah, there's this, like... I thought that was Inferno that was the mother of darkness. It's supposed to be. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, what the fuck? Cause, cause because in Inferno, in this they call her the mother of size. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And, I mean, she's, like, this, yeah, this, like, it makes sense because of the, like, oh, that weird breathing she does when and she's sleeping. And also the movie's called Suspiria. And also the movie's called Suspiria. Yeah. But, um, the... The professor that she yeah. goes and talks to, one of the professors anyway, because there's a couple of them there, talks about like, oh yeah, this this like this like crazy Greek witch, Helena Marcos, and like they call her like the mother of darkness or something of darkness anyway. Yeah. Like that's big in her name yeah. because she's this like crazy like supreme bitch witch. Yeah, uh, maybe that is just Argento like slightly being as like oh, I can't trust dudes. <laughs> This dude at least don't know Cannot, shit. Yeah, fair, fair. Like, that would, yeah, that would give me some things to think about. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I can't argue that, so. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but yeah, that's why it, what threw me off, because I remember him saying that, and I was like, but she's one of the three mothers, and the mother of darkness is somebody else. They're all, like, fighting for that name. Yes. Well, I, it's my <laughs> turn to be the mother of darkness. Because you're right. In the next movie we cover, Inferno, yeah. refers to the mother of Scythe who had lived in Freiburg. And then in New York, you have Mater Tenebrarum. Yeah, and then in Rome, you have... You have... There was no one in Rome. It's weird how they, they kept talking about the three mothers and there were only two mothers. <laughs> it's so weird that there was never a third yeah. mother. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> no, how it should have been is, is Inferno should have done well, and and then and then and Mother then of Tears happened yeah. back when it could yeah. have happened. But before we get to that, the very end of this movie, after she stabs her, yeah, I guess the podcast can't see me doing stabbing Those stabby motions. stab motions. Stabby stabby. Um, she has to escape the building then. Yes. And that's another sequence where I just love the effects of like the cracks ripping through the walls right. and stuff. It's like that works very well well yeah because i mean if, if the person who like made it and has been like keeping it going is deteriorating, it, it's like an extension of her body yeah, and an yeah. extension of her and she's already all fucked up looking before yeah. because i mean she's old as shit so like yeah. no wonder but no offense to like old people but i figure there's nobody who's like you know fucking 150 or whatever listening yeah. to this podcast so plus they are we're not they, meant to live that they long. definitely play it up too yes. like she literally looks like one of the evil dead like, yeah yeah yeah. she looks like um, like she's ancient like right before the meltdown sequence at the end of the first evil dead totally. when, the, when like the, the the one um i think shelly or something it's just oh, like, yeah. like yeah guts so i'm not trying to do out. ageism i'm trying to be like this bitch is a mummy and nobody needs to live that long yeah that's for sure yeah <laughs> um but that's uh yeah I, I really love the effects of the place crumbling apart because mm-hmm. it's all practical of course yeah. it has to be 1977 of course right? uh doors flying off the walls and or, like blowing up all the Shit's light fixtures exploding statues blowing up it's such a good moment yeah it, you know, I, I guess, uh, I don't even know if you could call it a cliche at the time, but, you know, mm. uh, there were a lot of haunted house movies that were popular right. before this even came out, and that's kind of a big ending of a haunted house trope where the house, like, destroys itself. Right. Like, the biggest one of that is probably Poltergeist, which came later. Of but, course. But I'm thinking of, like, burnt offerings, the house gets all fucked up at the end. I haven't seen that, so I couldn't say. Uh, 
I, I have thoughts about it. It's a classic of the genre that I'm just like, why? Save it for another yeah, podcast episode. Yeah, save it episode. for another day. Um, if we ever get horny for haunted houses, too. Hornier. We went to horny Hornier jail. Hornier for ha- haunted houses. We went to horny jail, and it was just the big old house. <laughs> or the horny halfway house. Horny for the big house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like it. <laughs> okay. Um, but Let's then, yeah, when she track. leaves the building, goes into the rain... She she laughs like with like that good like ah oh, I'm like, free I survived camera pants to the windows as you hear screams from inside just flames burst out and then what do we get a bit de vista suspiria vista suspiria my favorite thing about well giallo all the time but like Italian horror of the era is and I have so much respect for it even though it makes me laugh most of the time I know it makes you laugh like every time where it's like. The plot, the second the plot is resolved, enough. It's just like, like boom, credits. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's so great when taken to the extreme of just like, dude dude crashes his car to wall, blows up, and it's just like, vetivist. <laughs> For those who don't know, that means like you've been watching, yeah. basically. You've yeah. watched, you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Ending on like the burning building with the cries from inside, some great fucking goblin score, and it's just like, yeah, you don't belabor the point, you don't wrap it up, you're just like in and out. Yeah, I like, like we're it. done with this here. Yeah, but yeah, fuck, Suspiria's a classic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the first two Italian horror movies I ever saw were Suspiria and The Beyond. Hmm. I did not like Suspiria the first two times I watched it. Ooh. And it's weird that I watched it. coming back for more. Well, that's just it. Because it was one of those movies. This has happened a few times. I might have even spoken about it on the podcast before. I don't know. But there's movies where I watch them. And, you know, everyone's opinions change. Like, sometimes you'll see a movie that you really liked. You're like, that doesn't hold up. And it goes the other way. It's like, oh, I like that so much more. Um, There's a lot of times where, you know, I watch a movie. I don't like it. But then when I think about the movie after the fact, it's just like, it's weird that I didn't like that. Because Mm -hmm. all the ingredients are there. And... In this case, you know, this happens a few times. There's movies that there's enough pull that I'm like, I should watch it again. It's kind of wild that I didn't like this two times. And then, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but the third time I saw it, I was just like, my fucking mind Finally hit. broke. And uh, the even wilder one was uh, The Beyond. I actually liked it somewhat the first time I saw it, only somewhat. But I remember my reaction to it being like, that would have been better if it wasn't gory like that. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, how, how times have changed for me. Oh, that's funny. It's like, that's literally the one tattoo I have is of that movie. Not of a gory part, to be fair. No. Very iconic, though. But yeah, so Suspiria, this really is kind of a classic. And, uh, like, what else is there really to say about how good it is, right? Maybe lots. Yeah. I've said enough. Yeah, there's, there's one moment... That I still kind of feel like if this wasn't in there, it would probably be like, I'd probably call this perfect. And it's the bat. Mm. The bat coming through the window. It's not the worst thing, but, you know, it's clearly a puppet of a bat on a wire flying in the window. And it's pretty cliche, like, oh, oh, bat in the wire. And the movie does a lot of those sort of, like, classic horror tropes. Or they, they're probably even tropes then. Like, but... uh those, like, sort of, like, almost cliche things. Like, when she's looking into the darkness, something's out there. Mm. And, and um, the maggots and the, uh, falling out of the ceiling, that's a bit more visceral than I think maybe movies before had done. But it, yeah. it kind of, it really feels like those sort of, like, classic notes of horror. And I think the bad is one that just doesn't quite work. Doesn't help that the effects aren't great. But, I don't know, it didn't do it for me. Fair. I think it came at a time where it, maybe when they were doing it, they felt like it's been long enough since we've had a scare... And we still have enough plot to go. Right. Where it's Why like, not? 
I, I, I just don't think it was necessary. Like, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. Of course not. That'd be weird if it's, like, it's a perfect movie, but so that one scene said, like, fuck it forever. <laughs> but what I really like about the ending is uh, it builds to the overt scares and that it's just, as soon as she's on her own investigating, there's so much dread. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. And not just tension, but there's a sense of dread, and I yes. think they do it really well. Absolutely. Yeah, so we clearly both simp for for this movie. We do. Yeah. Big simps for... for uh, Mater Suspiriorum. And next up is a movie that I'm so sad that it didn't do as well as it should have. Yes. Uh, we're talking the, the sequel, 1980's Inferno. This is the next movie he did, because right off the bat he was planning this as a trilogy. Mm-hmm. be kind of weird to be like, yeah, the three mothers, I'm going to do two. And then that was his plan. I don't think that was the plan. No, no. Uh, apparently it kind of bombed a little bit. Yeah. Didn't get good critical reception. Didn't get much moolah. Which is too bad because uh, my take of the movie that I said when, when we finished watching it is, to me, this feels like the fulchiest Argento movie. <laughs> yeah. Just for the nightmare logic and weird surrealism totally. and disjointed scenes, but like in a way that kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um, At least overall. But yeah, I know that this one's probably the one that has stayed with you and had the biggest effect on your life so far because of the theme song. <laughs> this time around, at least, yeah. I'd mostly forgotten about it. Yeah, because uh, you would just bust into it sometimes. Actually, moments ago, I went to get a drink, paused, after the last record, uh, the last movie we talked about, went to get a drink, and realized I was just like singing it at the cats. Tell me, no, no, tell me, no. <laughs> so fucking uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, but instead of... Uh, but it is catchy. Instead of Goblin, it's a... Uh, Keith Emerson from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer doing the soundtrack, and it's just like, dude loves his prog rock until we, he doesn't, which we find out later, but... Uh, Wasn't if, Daria who brought in all that shit anyway? I wouldn't be surprised. Daria Nicolodi. We should take a second to mention this. Okay, Daria Nicolodi, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, they were married at that point in time. Daria and Daria, specifically, yep. we are saying. She, she wrote... Or, at least or co-wrote. co-wrote Suspiria. She yes. wrote the characters for sure, and like the, the premise and stuff, as well as Inferno. Given that it was a sequel, and she wrote some other movies that didn't quite get their due. But I want to say it was their daughter who was like, "Oh yeah, it was my mom that brought yeah, in yeah. like Goblin and like the music and stuff." Like people associate that with dad, but like, yeah, it's she's seems, like that was my mom. <laughs> it seems like there is, you know, maybe it's muddier than it set out as to like who did what because because mm-hmm. you know the. Everyone kind of looks at it as like a tour or yes. sort of thing. But there's yeah. there's there's a lot of Nickelodeon there too. Yeah, yeah. And she's in this one. She's yes. in Inferno, which is cool because she's actually in a few of them. Mm-hmm. You straight up did the uh, DiCaprio on the couch point at the screen thing when she showed up. Yeah, I did. And, and you're like, oh, maybe I was like, is that her? And you're like, I missed it. Maybe yeah. it was. <laughs> this one's kind of hard to recap because. Because what the fuck? What the fuck? This movie is weird and all over the place. It opens with sort of brief explanations of what is going on, like summing up the uh, mothers, the three mothers. And they say who they all are now. It's uh, Madras Espiriorum from Freiburg, uh, Mater Tenebrarum from York. New York. And in, not from, in. In New York, yes, in. And then Mater Lacrimarum? Lacrim... Marum? No, yeah, I think Lacrimarum. Lacrimarum. Um, mother of Tears. Mother of Tears. So yeah, those are the three mothers. And, and she's thing, in Rome. Yes. And the thing I like about this is it very much specifies that 
the the three houses yes of it so it really brings the great set design the the structural design of Suspiria and again in this movie to the forefront it makes it a, a plot point yes because uh this one concerns like it seems everyone's kind of obsessed with the dude who built the houses like the well, yeah, he's, he's a master architect and alchemist and alchemist yes I, I fucking miss alchemists in movies right it's not witcher warlock i mean that's what it is now but it's like fucking bring alchemists yeah back. Al- alchemists can ponder orbs yeah they can ponder their orbs i want to see them ponder their orbs dude i want an alchemist to come ponder <laughs> I my orbs. make some gold damn it yeah <laughs> but yeah so the movie seems to be split focused in that there there's characters that are obsessed like there's sort of a, a sibling pair that mm-hmm. are kind of the main characters there's the sister who's in new york in new york and she seems to be kind of obsessed with the architecture and well, yeah, and she got this book from the store next door like some yeah the, you know, the, the book about the mothers yeah yeah the three mothers and uh her brother's in rome and he's like a music student yeah and it's kind of weird how right off the bat He's having weird visitations, almost as if the things that are haunting his sister and happening to her in New York are, by their weird familial connection, already affecting him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's in uh, his music class, and there's this lady just staring at him with a cat. Yeah. So, yeah. Really pretty eyes. Yep. Bring my cat to class, and I'll just look at you. And then, like, it does, like, f- you know, it'd be like the force cam from Evil Dead, like this POV... Mm-hmm. flying camera comes through the window and whizzes around the room and it's like there's no reason for any of this but it's <laughs> happening in uh new york with the sister right away it starts with her trying to get this book like she's like hey i saw this book in your storefront window well i thought she already had it and she was like can you tell me more about it like is this real she? yeah she already had someone the book. else is looking for the book yeah i think someone point. else later at like the library okay okay i, just I think need... it was the, the one who got the letter like she because the because the, 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 the woman in new york writes a letter up to her brother yes and then the woman in his class he forgets it there and she sees it and she's like oh three mothers oh that's like like she reads the letter and she's gonna return it to him right but i think it's her that goes looking like oh maybe i can find right and goes okay. to biblioteca angelica like i said this uh this movie goes places yeah it's it's a bit all over the place um but early on, there's, like, a great set piece, and this is kind of why I think of it as sort of reminiscent of Fulci, is that set pieces happen, and then they justify them, more than, like, mm-hmm. uh, it happens because it's justified by the plot so right. far. She's looking for the clues, and she sent the letter to her brother, and mm-hmm. there's all these clues about the secret of the house. Like, yeah, and it's like the your... under your feet and yes. all that. And she finds this hole in the basement yeah, she, of the building. Yeah, because she goes down to like the cellar. Yeah, it's like the shop and the main building are sort of connected. Yeah. And there's a shared cellar that she goes down into, and there's this hole in the ground, and there's just like a flooded ballroom almost. Like it's like there's another house underground that's flooded. And I actually kind of like that, like, you know, it sounds very disjointed because it's sort of presented that way. And I like that they don't spend forever talking about, like, why is it flooded? Yeah, they're What's just like, What's going on? It. What is it this is. weird house beneath the house and all yes. this stuff? It's just an excuse for a set piece. Also an excuse for her to jump in without a bra and, and the, mm-hmm. you know, And just, like, a, a nice sheer kind of. white shirt, yeah. blouse. But it's an amazingly shot sequence, yes. too. It's really well played. And I like that the soundtrack, they actually drop the mm-hmm. overbearing score in uh, favor of, like, the water yes like you hear the rippling of the water yeah they're like ambient kind of he does that again later in phenomena mm-hmm. when um jennifer Connolly's out at the boat trying to swim away from the the fire creepers yeah good old creepers 
uh, but a body, this moldy, moldy body pops out. Yeah, it's like floating by. Floating at her, and uh, it's almost like Jaws when the head pops out <laughs> of the boat. Uh, and she freaks out and pops back out of the water, having retrieved the pendant thing she dropped. Yeah. And now she's wearing a bra, because why not? Well, no, she's she's not. It's not until she gets into a different building that you see the bra through the shirt. And you're like, where did that come from? Oh, okay, from? I thought it was right when she came out of the hole. No, because yeah. I, I, I think I remember seeing her emerge from the hole and just, like, Oh, but then she's, like, sitting there, out. and it's suddenly a bra appeared. I just, I just remember seeing... I just remember pointing out the bra when she's, like, uh, pressed up against the wall in that, like, building with the... Oh, I thought that was, like, literally what she did after coming out Oh, okay, maybe. Either way, it's completely irrelevant when the bra Yeah, happens. we're just, like, oh, we're just happens. boob guys on this podcast, no, apparently. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I was about to make a joke. We're looking respectfully, but then I'd have to go drink shit under the sink <laughs> because I'm having like bad taste in my mouth from flashbacks of people I know. <laughs> but she eventually goes missing. Like she goes missing in that the main character because the brother becomes the main character can't yes. find her. But she doesn't go missing in the fact that we see her get horribly murdered. Yes. <laughs> um, is she the one who literally gets like decapitated by the the broken window, or is that the friend? Because there, there are a lot oh, of, like... Because, yeah, there, there's the, like, weird guillotine thing that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 like, the window shutter, just, like, bam, bam on the... Yeah. Because there are Is a lot of, like, brunette women with shoulder-length <laughs> hair that look horrified and For, get like, killed. Gorgina and then get brutally murdered, yeah. Yeah. By some, like, creepy dudes. Yeah, by some creepy dudes. Uh, but the brother shows up looking for her and is getting kind of the runaround from the people around as if it's, like, shady. Like, do they even know what's going on mm-hmm. or not? And he's sort of staying in the building, trying to investigate, because it's where his sister was, and he's yeah. got the clues. Well, yeah, he's, he's going to stay with her at her place, yeah. and he's like, oh, she hasn't come home yet. That's weird. And uh, that's where he meets up with Daria Nicolodi, and they're going to, like, do the mystery together as all good Jello pair-ups happen. It's kind of like uh, when she shows up to, like, hang out with David Hemmings in um, Deep Red. Hmm. And then there's just sequence after <laughs> sequence of stuff going down. Yes. Like... The shopkeeper next door just fucking hates cats because there's always cats in his building. No, he's the one with the cats, and it's I think it's the no. The shopkeeper hates the cats because he drowns the fucking. No, because I thought they were his cats, and it was the like landlord at the next at the building that who's like you need to because something happens where the cats like kill. That was the shopkeeper with the cane. No, but okay, because what happened? Because <laughs> I remember he has all the cats. And then, yeah, the, like, landlady or whatever is like, you need to get rid of these fucking cats. I will not have this anymore. And so... Okay, then why is he so stoked about killing them? I don't he's think like, he seems stoked. He's excited. He's laughing about it. I don't know, that. Did we watch the same movie? Because he puts them all in a bag. Because I, I remember him putting them in a, in a bag to get rid of them after he gets shit yeah, about he's them. he's literally walking around hitting their heads on things and laughing and sticking them okay, in Okay, well, he didn't wasn't doing that before. Because they're, <laughs> okay. like, his cats. But he's also just a weird guy. Yeah. So... Vote now if you yes. think they're his cats. Press the left button. Well, they're in his. They're in his his shop anyway. Yeah. His anyway, there there are cats. He drowns them in a bag just for some reason. And then as he's laughing, he eats shit in the lake. And there's like this huge full moon, like big Evil Dead style, like giant. Yeah, it's like an eclipse. Moon. Yeah. And he just like eats shit in a little dry pond that's not very dry. And after experiences the cats. a rat's night of terror. Yeah, he has a rat's night of rats. They just swarm him and start eating him. And he's screaming. He's like, "Oh, there's rats on me!" And as he's screaming about the rats, this dude who has like this little hot dog stand, hot dog stand, but he's got tons of meat in it, like a lot of meat for a hot dog stand, because you know hot dogs are barely meat. He comes running out and like runs right into the water. He's gonna help him, but he's got this huge fucking meat cleaver. He just starts chopping the dude. <laughs> He just fucks the dude right up with a knife, just because he can. Then he just goes back to his little shit shanty. 
I know one thing we wanted to talk about this with this movie, and we're already past this plot point. Okay, let's. If it can let's, even be a plot point. Rewind. Was the setting and the location in Rome? Because when the right. classmate is the is classmate, investigating yeah. the three mothers and trying to be like, oh, what's this all about? She's running around Quartiere Copede. Yeah, a place that we have been. We specifically went because I'm like, they shot a bunch of movies here. Yeah, and we were asking my cousin who lives in Rome about it. And we're like, oh, we want to go there. And we're like, because because of Dario Argento movies. And she, she was so funny. She's just like, I didn't know Dario Argento was so popular in Canada. And we're like, <laughs> he's not. It's literally just us. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I thought you'd want to go for the architecture. And it's like, oh, we do. Because specifically they were in, in the context of Inferno. <laughs> it looks great. It's Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad. Because like, there's a like fountain that's like just totally like calcified in yeah. disarray. And that was sad to see. But the yeah. rest of it's amazing. Like the spider sculpture yeah. above the, dar- the door. Yeah, the, like, like the mosaic or almost whatever. Almost like hal- haliquin, like diamond print mosaic yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. from it. No, that's cool as hell. That is such a cool little spot. So it was nice seeing um, where like, her running around this gorgeous neighborhood, and we were actually able to be like, oh, yeah, that stuff is actually, like, geographically, like, yeah. close to each other, so this could be realistic. Yeah. and then it's she like, goes to a building where then the interior is a bit is, further yes. away. It's, uh, what, what was it called again? Library? Biblioteca Angelica. Yeah, that was a cool library. We were able to go in there, too. Yeah, we had to be very nice and quiet because there are actually, you know, people it's a library, using yeah. it. <laughs> well, not all libraries are quiet. I work at one, and it is not quiet, <laughs> but... I feel like you're dropping the ball by not being that cliche librarian. I'm not supposed to. Libraries. You can't shush people at a library? No. What the fuck? You can't shush people. You can go up and be like, hey guys, you're being kind of disruptive and we want to like, you know, make sure this is a space for everyone. But I have people like yakking on the phone. I have people like people so listening to music. Right yeah, no, because I mean. The whole reason I go to libraries is because people shut the fuck up at them. Yeah, no. Well, I guess that's, I guess that's a problem. Problem. And I say this in big scare quotes with public libraries and being one of the like last, like actually like public spaces that people can go yeah. and also like get access to public services and like stuff like that. Right. So, okay, which is great. I, I am talking a bit more about like just people that just are inconsiderate. Yeah. So no, and in that case, you, yeah. you can't go and be like, hey, so can we like t- tone it down a little bit? But you can't do the whole like, shush. So you can't be the be guy quiet. who shushes? You can't be the guy who shushes. Fuck. And, I've, and I've had people complain about them where they're just like, oh, libraries aren't what I what they used to be. And I'm like, no, they're not. Yeah, just, just like me complaining right now. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe yes, it's this, school libraries. Maybe I'm, I, I think most that's of my library story. time was like in yeah. university. Like, I mean, it depends. Like I think if there's like a little like, like Rutherford social chamber. Yeah, like, well, there's like, a quiet floors and yes stuff, yeah. yeah and that's a different thing but i mean yeah, i work on a one floor public if you're library. gonna talk you have to go to like the the the, the, the loud room. floor the chatty room yeah if you're gonna go and secretly nut in a book then put it back on the shelf you go to the quiet floor <laughs> yeah i wasn't if, vague if you're gonna fuck a high schooler and oh I, uh, yeah i don't know that detail yeah yeah no it, this happened Ew. while my well, my friend and the friend who it happened with and i were in high school that's so gross it, yeah, yes Jesus. Anyway, back to the movie. Yeah, so, Biblioteca Angelica is like, yeah, super. Like, if you ever get the chance to go, it's beautiful. It's. I'm, I remember there being like really nice steps outside, but then it's the inside that's the yeah, selling yeah. the selling point. But it's one of those like really like old, tall, you know, huge yeah. tall ceiling, yeah. classical like old school European libraries. And I love how the basement of that library is an alchemist chamber. Yes. 
Yeah, that part's crazy. I do, we didn't get to see we that part. We didn't get part. to go and check out the we should, maybe, we should maybe check it out next time and just see if it's there. Just Who's bust like in. begrudgingly helpful until he sees what book we have. Yes. And it's just like, I'm going to drown you in hot lead or whatever the fuck he's boiling on the stove. Alchemists are trying, or they make, well, legit alchemists make gold. Yeah, and it's just like, hello, I just want to ponder my orb in peace. <laughs> But yeah, we were back at when the brothers in Rome and people are dying. Because this is sort of concurrently, it's slightly at the start of that, but there's sort of this thing in the middle of the movie where, like, I bet I could have watched this movie this morning and I'd probably still be, be like, like, okay, uh... wait, when does this happen? Because <laughs> it really feels disjointed, but I think yeah. to an actual effect. Yeah. Because the building they're in, it like, Suspiria, you can kind of get a sense of the layout to an extent just by the way the movie plays. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, it's the building's so disjointed. Like, there's mm-hmm. entire floors that are just closed off and look like abandoned warehouses. And then, like... Yeah. Well, I think they said not many yeah. people live there. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's nice, because it gives it an otherworldly uh, thing. Like, you can see the outside of the building. It's a big building. But uh, as soon as you go inside, it's just, like, nothing really fits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... It's, like, mildly disoriented. Yeah. And I like that about it. Yeah, and uh, at some point, the dude has... What do they tell him? Yeah, he has, like, a heart event or something. Oh, yeah, he has a heart event. <laughs> well, I don't think they call it a heart attack, but it's something with his heart. And, yeah, once again, we have some, you know, weird health happenings of, like, whoa, I can like, I, the vapors have caught them. Yeah. And, uh... Dudes can get vapors, too. They can. Stop your toxic masculinity and accept that dudes have vapors. <laughs> um, at some point, he busts open the floorboards and finds some a cat eating a mouse and that like piece of like a piece of paper with like a note from the alchemist on it yeah. and uh he ends up in hold on hold on as you refer to him like skinny legend when he like busts the tiniest hole in the floor like and it slips right through my cat couldn't fit through that hole and he just like <laughs> like, like Cirque du Soleil wriggles through it's kind of great <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I forgot I said that, but I absolutely did say that. (laughs) Yeah. No, that doesn't sound like something I would have said, so. (laughs) It definitely sounds like something I would have said. (laughs) Um, And he ends up in Mater Tenebrarum's chambers. I love how there's chambers in these. There's always, like, you know, it's just, like, the little office with the irises and Suspiria. Yeah. Then you go, and you get through, and there's, and like, this, like, ah, yes, this, the like, bowels. I am in the bowels of, of the of the dance academy. And is it that the... The architect himself is chilling in there. Yeah, no, but what I was going to say is I can't remember where... Because they're, like, oh, this... Is it Major Tenebrarum or the one in Rome that's, like, the cruelest... I think they said they the, say Tenebrarum's the cruelest. The cruelest. Because you pointed out that, that it's just like... That's right, yeah. Because the one in uh, New York is the cruelest. The one in Freiburg is... The oldest, I the don't oldest, know. The oldest, the... Something. The something is, and the one in Rome is the, the most beautiful. Yes, the hottest. Yeah. Evil it's hot the mo- girls. It's the most yassified. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as if that's not how it goes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess, Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, brief encounter with, with the, with the witch lady who's like, you've been looking for me and you found me. Yeah. And, but that's after like finding the fucking like, oh God, the architect is just like, oh, he's yeah. got those throat radio things. Yes. And he's just like, I, I need this to speak to you. Please come closer. Come and closer. I love that where it's just like, there's a speaker on the wall. It's just like, come closer so I can whisper. Rather than going to the speaker to hear the whispering, he goes to the guy. And gets injected. <laughs> and then I just love him to come closer. I won't do anything. Stab. He just like gets him with a needle. So he just like sucks the poison out and spits it at the guy. Well, the guy falls and strangles himself <laughs> with his own like throat radio thing. I do be like that sometimes. And uh, then he like, 
I love how he strangles himself to death and comes to life long enough to, well, like... Well, I think he, like, saved them before he dies. Yeah, but then he just dies anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's old as hell. He is old. Hell. And at some point before Barely. this, there's the, uh... I don't even remember which character it is, but it's, like, the lady who I think was also in Suspiria as, like, Miss Tanner gets yeah. set on fucking fire and, and yeah. falls. Just, like, that is a great sequence. Where that she is just, like, beautiful. Gets set on fire and falls. Like, through what, the window? Do you what actually sets her on fire? Well, because I remember she I remember she, she and that nice. guy are scheming yeah. because they're going to, like, take Daria Nicolodi's, like, riches or whatever. Yeah. And then I can't remember if it's, like, the witch is, like, how dare you do this in my home? But, yeah. like, without being seen, it's just, like, the evil forces. Yeah. Or what? But there was a great shot of a burning dummy falling, like, through, like, the little Through the window and then almost. through into the another window. Yeah, like, Argento loves people going through windows and i'm, I'm so here for it Argento's I, I, such a defenestrator yeah he's the defenestrator of the people um but yeah so that's a great moment so the building's actually been on fire for a good yes. 15 minutes by the point yes. that he's uh killed the old dude but he yeah. does they don't even know it's on fire yet yeah but that's when uh mother tenebrum i just makes her tenenbaums. <laughs> mother tenebrae luke wilson's mom shows up and just, just like makes yells her appearance her yeah, and then... That's where we like, get in that classic gothic horror thing, where yeah. the, the mirror gag. Yes. Yeah, where she, like, breaks through the mirror, like, she runs at the mirror, and then it shatters, and it's like a grim reaper. Yeah, yeah, because she's like, you know, men men fear us and call us by many names, but one they know us as, it's death! <laughs> I love that fucking moment. That's so good. I don't good. care if it's kind of cheesy. It's cheesy it's as so fuck. so good. That's what makes it so good. Like, like, it really... I would say this one in particular, and especially that moment, like that sort of end sequence with mm-hmm. like the hidden rooms and the walls, is probably the most most uh, gothic horror this movie gets. Yes. The whole trilogy gets, and I love that. And uh, the dude manages to escape uh, as the building burns down. It's <laughs> collapsing. And he looks him. at the building as it's on. Yeah, it's collapsing as he's running out of the building. Random shit blowing up. Gets out the door. Looks up, it's on fire again, and then it says, Avete Visto Inferno. <laughs> it's a great ending. It's a great way to end yeah, your movie. we do love it. Yeah, you do You do love to see it. You, that was such a disjointed go-through of the movie, mm. and it, it says a lot about how this narrative works, that we both clearly remember things very differently, and it's like, okay, yeah. that's wild. <laughs> that's cool when that happens. I would love it if, like, anyone listening to this is just like, that movie's really straightforward. What the fuck? It turns out that there was like a gas leak here or something. That was I our, wouldn't be that surprised. That was our gas leak here. Would not be surprised. Yeah. For a second. I really like this movie. Me too. Uh, I, 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 this was only my second time seeing it, and I remember wanting to rewatch it because I, yeah. I can remember it very well, but I remember it liking probably it. Probably my third, maybe my fourth, because I'd seen it with you the first time you yeah. watched it. And I just don't remember if I'd seen it once or twice before then. Gotcha. But it had been a long time. Last time I'd seen it was when, when we, we watched, watched it, it, which yeah. is years ago. Yeah, years and years ago. Uh, it's out by Blue Underground, and the reason I'm saying that for free instead of getting that good, good advertising chatter is, uh, I don't know, maybe we should bully them into releasing it on 4K or something. Because huh. Blue Underground... We're going to start an internet mob. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they straight up do the best 4Ks in the business. So that I've seen so far, I will admit, I have not actually watched any of my Vinegar Syndrome 4Ks yet. Mm. Uh, I have fallen behind. But for ones that I've watched, like, you cannot beat how good. I feel so blessed to be alive in a time where I can get most of my 4Ks, like the most prolific directors on 4K on my shelf are Lucio Fulci and Dario Argento. <laughs> Beautiful. I feel so blessed. 
But yeah, Inferno's really good. It stylistically... I was say those are the most prestigious directors is if you don't have, like, Alien and The Thing on 4K. <laughs> I, I said prodigious. Like, oh. yeah. I heard prestigious, and I was Lugio like... Fulci. I was like, is that a word for... Don't get me wrong, we love Fulci in this house. Yeah, but in this house. In this house, on this podcast. Under this roof. Yeah, under this roof, I ponder Fulci's orb. Jesus Christ. Whatever that means. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Inferno, uh, stylistically, I would say this is the closest Argento got to Suspiria, recapturing that, and I mean, with good reason. It was the next movie he did, it was a sequel to that, it would be kind of crazy, if he decided to depart from the styles that's Suspiria, it'd be so weird to be like, I'm making a sequel to that. Let's make it tonally, visually, quality, quality, (laughs) plot wise, make it different. Like, let's not do, maybe even let's make it absolute dog shit. Yeah. Like if he said, I'm making a sequel and I'm going to make it dog shit. (laughs) It's that would be wild. We might have to believe him if he said it. Not about Inferno, though. <laughs> if you couldn't guess, <laughs> we continued the trilogy. Yeah, we continued And we watched we 2006-2007's Mother of Tears. Mother of Tears. This is a, this is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I wanted to like this uh, yeah i like i was i was pulling for him mm. especially because like he he was just coming off the high of masters of horror right and those are trashy but they were fun especially pelts and this was coming out and the one thing that that he retained from his masters of horror bit for these is let's be as edgelordy with <laughs> the gore effects as we possibly possibly can yeah within some reason i suppose Oh, God, this movie is edgelord. <laughs> so what do we got? So we have, um, I don't remember, around Viterbo or something in Italy. There's a grave that is, like, they're, they're like, relocating graves on, like, a church ground. Yeah. And they dig up this one that has this, like, chest with it. Or in it. Oh, with, like... Is this before the beginning credits? Have we already had the beginning credits at this point? I don't remember. I just remember this. Okay. Because at this point, we're not even in Rome. Yeah. So I don't remember if this is before the credit. I think I think the credits come after, but I okay. honestly don't remember. But yeah, in the chest, they find, like, a weird wax-sealed lockbox. Well, yeah, because I, I thought he sealed it with Oh, wax. he seals it right. But, but yeah, they, they, he, the he, so the, there's, a na- there's a particular name on this this coffin and yeah contained within it in addition to the like fucked up looking body because it's old as shit is this chest that has like these like talismans and weird like symbols and all sorts of shit and well the reason i ask about the beginning credits is it sets it up what you're in for right away because there's some very not prog rock music that's that's just as generic as hell to a montage of pictures of old art, and it's just like, do you know what a JPEG That's is? That's right. Okay, maybe the credits did come first. Yeah. My bad. But yeah, it's like they went on like Wiki Commons or whatever <laughs> and like downloaded the like tiny pictures. Yeah, like that the is good like, enough to blow up. 300 pixels wide. Yeah. It really is that Hank Hill. Do I know what a JPEG <laughs> Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? Valid question in 2006, I suppose. Seven. Anyway, um, so the priest, they're like, well, we'll, we'll uh, relocate the grave, whatever, and he takes the chest and seals it with wax and sends it to a buddy at the, like, 
I don't know, archaeology, some something in Rome. Yeah, he shared him in his letters, just like... He's like, you're an expert on this shit. You're an expert on weird shit that so, I don't know. And I hope that you can can basically not confirm my fears of what we have just unearthed. And so the box makes it to Rome where we have a couple of girlies who are like, one's a student and the other, I don't even remember what she is. Like, I don't think she's a student, but she's not like the direct, she's not like queen shit or anything. The the, the one who uh, is just like, let's open it anyway. Yeah, let's open it. Fuck that guy. She is the main character in Demons 2. She plays Sally. The, the demon oh. in Demons 2. And she's also the that. costume designer in Opera. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was like, oh, you got her back to uh, get edgelorded to death. And so they open it up. They see all these weird little, like, weird, old yeah. uh, symbols and stuff. Because I remember her saying, like, oh, go go get the, like, uh, like Mycenaean Dictionary. And I don't yeah. remember what the other one was. Maybe, like, like or something. That are kind of, like, sort of the exorcist Pazuzu carving and stuff Yeah. Like that. There was even a little bit of, like, some of the symbols kind of reminded me maybe of the, like, I don't know off the top of my head if this is like the name of the alphabet as well as the language, but like Amharic, like they like in Ethiopia and Eritrea okay. and stuff. Like some of the symbols kind of made me think of that, and I know that's quite often something that people will use for sort of like a witchy look. It's yeah, in like it's an orient, very orientalist like, kind of way. No one will have a frame of reference. Yeah, no I'll one will know what this that. is. So yeah. I'll just take a couple of these characters, and it'll look like arcane. Yeah. Very Western century. Anyway, um, so they're gonna go check it out, and they're like translating some of it and whatever. And it has a bit very Evil Dead of the like clock to yeah. Oh, and as she's opening, she uh, cuts her thumb, and it bleeds right. on the top of the box. Right, and it's just like oh, we get our little Hellraiser. Yeah, we get little a little Hellraiser as a treat. Little bit of bloodletting happening, but yeah. on accident. And then yeah, starting to like read these like words. Yeah, and, and there's that shroud inside. That's right. Yeah. yeah, they're like oh, this must be like a talisman or something. Yeah. Oh, weird pagan shit. I would have loved if the plot twist was that it was the Shroud of Turin, and it's right? just like, Jesus was the third mother. Jesus like, wept. It's like, the movie's an edgelord in every other way. You may as well have made it that straight up. Well, I don't know. It is, you got to remember, it's Italian, and there are some some boundaries you just don't cross. That's and, true. Unless you're Lucio Fulci. Ah, yes. I know, um, <laughs> apparently... Argento used to shoot in Turin for his first few movies rather than Rome because it has the highest concentration of Satanists. Is that the reason? Yeah. Because I'd heard that before. <laughs> That's a, that is a reason that has been bandied about whether he was saying it just to gotcha. be a goofus or not. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, he's a king. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, all of a sudden... Yeah, yeah, like I said, we have this, like, evil dead kind of moment where, yeah. like, bad shit's happening. Better keep reading out these words. Yeah. And these, like, cloaked, cult-looking figures come out and start killing. And there's a monkey they have. there's a monkey. Who's, like, a little narc. Yeah, a little fucking narc. But yeah, like, right away, they're just like, all right, let's get the uh, pair of anguish, break your face open with it in, like, a very extreme way, and then we'll gut you, and then we'll choke you to death with your own guts. (laughs) Yeah, it, it it starts out, it sets the tone. Uh, and of course the monkey being an, a narc is just like, hey, one of them's still alive. And she hears voices and like pops out, the door pops open. And it's like, like, run now! It's like, go now! And it's like, oh, dope. I can escape. Yeah. Needless to say, the police think she's insane. Of course. Because like, oh, you said that these like guys with a monkey came in and they looked like, you you said they looked deformed? You guys, you guys, Guar came in and they had a monkey. <laughs> That would maybe even sound slightly less crazy than what she yeah, said. I don't it know. Would. 
Yeah, and so while all this has happened, shit starts happening in Rome. A woman just, like, yeets her baby into the Tiber. Um, There is a bunch of, like, carjackings. There's implied sexual assault happening on the streets. There's people fighting. Yeah, there's just, like, gun violence. Yeah. And, yeah, Rome's just going to hell. And I love how all the girlies are showing up. Yes, and then all the witchies from around the world. I love how the witches are just, like... The weirdest bitches. They shopped at Hot Topic for the wardrobe and just had them cackling the whole time. And, yes. like, not even saying words, just cackling, just cackling and gesticulating and, like, making faces. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, you nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed the, two, the I, 2007 I have, witch. I should send the clips of that to my mom and be like, this you? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Rome's going to hell. Some are even calling it the second fall of Rome. I love what because you're taking. Italians just, are not dramatic at all. I love your take on them. It's like, yeah, I remember how Rome was a great empire. Then it fell, and the world happened, and then Rome became a great empire again. Again, yeah. I no, love everyone Rome, tried to be yeah. Rome, but yeah, 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 I love Rome. Yeah, and the second fall, it's like, what's falling? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's getting more violent and, yes, and egregious, certainly. Yeah. But they, that's a little self-aggrandizing. Yeah. Plus, wouldn't the second fall of Rome be, like, the years of lead and stuff that, like, followed Mussolini and, like, the Red Brigade and stuff, and crime was going crazy? Yeah. Yeah, or, like, even... Left-wing anarchist bomb or communist bombing a right-wing fascist. I know which side I side with. Well, so many of the bombs were blamed on the communists, and then it turned out to be the fash. So... What? The fascists blaming the communists? Yeah. I can't believe this has happened. It's never happened. History... Sounds vague. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, things are going to shit. And uh, this dude who's just like, like, oh, you can come crash with me. The my, director my, of the my, museum. My son. Who's like fucking his student. Yeah. And then the son goes missing. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's like nice edge lordy shit with like blood writing on the walls. Like, they took my son. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. Like those are the symbols I saw on the box. Yeah, it's like, we'll get your son back. Cut to these demons around the dead son pulling his guts out and eating them. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, when she goes to see the bishop dude, there's like, a kid gets chopped up. Yeah. Or like, just straight up eating a fetus straight from the source. Yeah, it's, it's like, like nothing this, is sacred. This was such an edgelord movie where they were just like, this was more fuck them kids than our episode fuck them kids. It's true. But it does it in such a way where it's just like, I too was in high school. <laughs> I too remember vampire freaks. Yeah. <laughs> I've shopped at Hot Topic before. Before it became all poser-like. Yeah. I remember when the sign was like red and fiery looking. Yeah, I I don't myself. Like I I remember, but I mean, I never stepped foot in one back they, then. They didn't have them in Canada back then. That would be that's why. probably why. Uh, I mean, basically, if you want to know the kind of edge lord thing that this movie does, is you know, like Suspiria, Goblin doing the soundtrack, Inferno, Keith Emerson doing the soundtrack. This, hey, let's do some new metal and get Cradle of Filth guy to guest vocals on the end credits song, <laughs> going mother. <laughs> and it's just like that that about sums it up yeah it's where yeah udo kier does show up again but he's just like gets fucking edgelorded again yeah. just like the shot of his face getting removed with a hatchet what did we say because I, I was about to say argento was in his flop era but what did we call it his like paycheck era or something yeah, his paycheck era yeah. <laughs> argento in his paycheck era yeah i think i think i might stick with flop era yeah like I used to defend this movie a little bit more than, than I would now, but it's like compared to his other supposed bad movies, it's like I would take any one of them. Mm. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. Um, 
Yeah, uh, so she does go to visit that bishop when she's trying to get out of town and all that. And like, the witches what's are going pursuing on. her and also the cops. And um, it's like record number of exorcisms. It's like, okay, this isn't just stuck to Rome. This is yeah. like spreading across Italy. Well, yeah, yeah, because the, the, the bishop is, there's like, usually I get like one request a month. Because the reason they're going to visit this guy is because he's one of the last, like, legit ordained by the Vatican Exorcist. exorcists. I've seen so many movies where that's the plot. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, and he's just like, I, by daily, I get more cases than I've had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's mass hysteria big, big fall of rome kind of shit mm-hmm. um jesus christ the train station sequence where the witches like oh spot her hiding out and that one dude he he's like if someone who cosplays as lesta from interview with a vampire showed up on one of those like the game dating show kind of thing <laughs> like he's like uh, he's like i'm peacocking at the bar and i'm gonna nag you get ready to get nagged i saw you from across the bar and like your vibe so i'm gonna but nag not you. too much <laughs> Yeah, I can't let you know that I liked your vibe. I yeah, to make you, you want toilet. to, like, com- yeah, compete for my attention and affection by putting out. <laughs> I play the game. <laughs> the most dangerous game is reading the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so everything's just... Basically, the movie is just, like, everything going to shit. And yes. I thought that was the most interesting angle about mm. it. I like that it had an apocalyptic feel. Yeah. I just kind of wish they did more with that rather right. than... Well, I don't know, because I think it's interesting that it's just it's just presented as, like, this is a thing that's happening, and they're solving this mystery from within. Yeah, here, I'm actually going to try and defend any single part of this. Um, I'm maybe not. Maybe if they, if they leaned into that more, it would have been better. Yeah. Because I, I think that that was a, a nice progression from the first two, where it's like, right. they could have just done... The exact we're, same Yeah, we're like, in a level. building again or something. Yeah, they're like... I mean, I miss that they had a good... They didn't have a good building. They didn't. And that really sucked. That was the worst. Um, but, like, as far as, like, showing... They expanded on the idea. Yeah. You know, versus, like, I mentioned Demons too, like, going from Demons to Demons too. End of Demons sets up this whole, like, now it's everywhere, it's new apocalyptic, and then Demons 2 just like, let's just run it back. Yeah. Um, they could have done that, and they didn't. That's true. And, um... But I don't think that's necessarily defense of the movie because I just think that it's such a wasted opportunity here. It is, and it, I, maybe part of it is also just because it's, it's so far in the future as well, hmm. by virtue of when it was made. But also, it's you know talks about like what's her something Mandy. Her last name is Mandy. Sarah Mandy. Sarah Mandy. Sarah Mandy. like her her Salamander. <laughs> her parents. She finds out were killed by Major Superiorum trying to fight her before. Susie Banyan took her ass out. Oh my god, that was so bad. Just like whenever Daria and Nickelodeon would show up, it's like a ghost. ghost mom. And it's just like, it's like ghost Mommy? mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, oh no, and she wrestles a flaming dude who just ran down eight it's, flights of stairs. It was like so, I was gonna say it was a choice, but it was so many choices. It was a series <laughs> so of choices. choices. Yeah, I remember at one point we were watching, you are like, nobody could have thought this was, looked good, <laughs> could they? Like... <laughs> Like, there are a lot of times where, um, I've even experienced this myself, where you have an idea in your head. Yeah. And you, like, you've conceived it, you've written it, and then when you actually go to shoot it, you're like, that just doesn't work. The way I picture my head, it doesn't translate. This was one of those things where it's just like... How did you, like, this couldn't look good even picturing it. Yeah, it's like, this is weird that the trans, that, like, you know, you you can't really say it didn't translate, because it's just ridiculous from the ground up. Um, one thing, but yeah, to go back to, like, the time that's passed, so it's, like, clearly been decades at least since Suspiria and then it mentions yeah it's 30 years yeah yeah and then it mentions that um you know Inferno which would have presumably happened after being the sequel yeah they 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 mention in Mother of Tears that how 
Well, they, I think they call her Mother of Pain instead of Mother of Darkness. Yeah, they call her the cruelest yeah, mother. The mother. It's like, no, no, that that's Mother Tenebrarum. Well, you no, sorry. The, that. Yeah, in, in the Mother of Tears, they're saying that the Mother of Tears is the cruelest mother. Yeah, but yeah, in Inferno, that wasn't the But case. yeah, in Inferno, Mother of Darkness. But then also they're in, in Mother of Tears, they're like, oh yes, the Mother of Pain. And it's like, Major Tenebrarum? Yeah, the movie called Mother of Tears... Has with a mother, mother called Mater Lacrimarum or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yep, yeah, pain. No, no, no. <laughs> she's Mother of Tears. I think they were calling the one in New York oh, okay. the Mother of I Pain instead of the Mother saying. of Darkness. But then, yeah, they're also then saying... And I guess, I guess if Mother of Tears is the only mother left alive, then she would, by default, be the cruelest. It's like, now she is. Now, yeah, 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 now she is. And, um, yeah, she's this, like, girly yeah, who it's loves like to, saying, like, have her tits Star is the best beetle. And it's like, oh. <laughs> On virtue of he's the only one that's still alive. No, oh, he's not. Yeah, he is. He's not the only one still alive. Yeah, he alive. is. You know, Paul is dead. Abbey Road. They said it right then that Paul McCartney's dead. He's been dead forever. I don't know anything theory. about the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> but right? I do like conspiracy theories you mean you sometimes. Haven't, you haven't uh, logged on to Disney Plus yet? And watched all, like, three three-hour three parts or whatever. Yeah. The one thing that, like, I think sounds good about that is the thing that Disney wanted them not to do, where they're like, cut out the parts where they call each other cunts all the time and stuff like that. <laughs> and they're just like, no, that's just what they did. They're that's from Liverpool. They, this is legit. Yeah. Anyway, back anyway. to a shitty movie. <laughs> but yeah, so um, the everyone's like, oh, mother of mother La, major lacrimarum is back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna be tongue tied now. And, um, yeah, shit's happening, and we're celebrating this underground somewhere. It's like a rave that Kinda. I don't want to go to. Yeah, it's like if you took, like, the rave from, like, the Matrix and made it, like, really lame and, like, yeah. not green. Made it, like... M- made, like, by way of, like, Dagon. Yeah, by way of, like, if someone's just, like, I got this kink dungeon party, and you go there, and there's just, like... And it's the orgy from... From It's Always Sunny, Sunny. except with more murder. More murder Um, and less buffet. And also I love how, like, the the, the mother of tears is really is just, like, let's yassify it. It's just, like, (laughs) it's just, like, this, like, young model lady. Yeah. With just boobies out. Just, like naked constantly yeah. it's just like yes this this follows the trend set by the first two movies <laughs> definitely i mean i guess they said she was the most beautiful i suppose but it's just like that's ageist yeah and, like straight up for real yeah so like i don't know at some point sarah yeah her mom was like was a white witch yeah was a stevie nicks type and like it felt like the bet the backpedaling of the plot it's it felt like you were in like season seven of buffy and they're like oh let's just add some shit and said this is the case from the start that is the perfect way of describing (laughs) it (laughs) actually this is the thing all along and so sarah mandy is the like oh well i have my mother's powers so i better go defeat the mother of tears yes because that seems likely to happen. I, I'm like, no, I'm surprised that it didn't like end with her just like, like, ah, uh, uh, yes, get ready to cry, mother of tears, I'm coming <laughs> for you. My favorite part was when she, mother of tears, shows up to the like lesbian psychic lady. Oh yeah. And I mean, her 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 henchmen are like, you know, doing edge lord murders, but then. Mother of Tears literally, like, leans down and licks the tears off of this woman's face before she's killed. There's the, there's the Leo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. Yeah, he's like, oh! Well, what was it you said? <laughs> get ready to get your... What? <laughs> what did you say? 
I don't even remember exactly. Who needs they fussy licked? I don't know. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, that's this movie. And that's what it brings out in you. Um, the the movie does end with the house collapsing and people escaping and laughing, but it doesn't even do that right because the yeah. house looks dumb. It falls apart a bit. Dog shit house. Uh, the monkey gets a rock on it. That was kind of fun because, you know, yeah. narcs can't, can't let narcs get away with it. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. Or and, get crushed. And the best was the edgelordness of the mother of Tyrion being like, no! As, like, the huge parapet of the building just comes through and just, like, impales her into the wall. Just after after her the, talisman is thrown in the fire. Yeah, absolutely wrecks the shop. Just tears it apart. <laughs> just rocks the fucking shop. Yeah, rocks the fucking shop apart. And then um, Sarah and the cop, who survived. Who's, who's like her buddy now. Yeah, come out of the hole in the ground and then start laughing in the most poorly dubbed... Yeah, like, they're, the the sound of the laughter does not match the, like... Body yeah, their body movements should have been like... <laughs> and then you're just like... <laughs> Like, they're breathing in when the people are clearly not breathing and, yeah. like, are inhaling, I should say. It's just, it's it's weird, And then man. we cut to the uh, Mother of Tears end theme song featuring Danny Filth. <laughs> Mother of Tears. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a real club banger. Yeah, like you said, like, we're trying to do impressions of... Uh, the voice, and I kept saying it's like if they did the dumb Jallo voice, the fo- the Jallo phone voice, but tried to get them to like auto tune to a song, and you were just like, it's straight up just Tony from The Shining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like that's very accurate. My love, cheers, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> oh fuck! But yeah, so those are the three mothers. Um, there were three mothers, all right. Uh, I promise this wouldn't become a bit, and I promise it won't. But fuck, Mary kills three mothers. <laughs> Um, I mean, kill Mother of Tears. Yes. Like, obviously. Yes. And then, are we, okay, is it the three mothers of the movies that they represent? Interpret it as you will. As interpret it as you will. I mean... I suppose probably the movies, but yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I, I, I like Mother of Darkness slash Pain better than Mother of Size in terms of, like, form and... <laughs> presentation of, of the mothers themselves. I mean, you know, the, the death drive literally turns into death. The yes. sex death drive. Yes. The little death when you get off with it. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, fine. yeah. So, so you're saying, um... But do I want to, do I want to fuck or marry death? See, the way I'm looking at it... The answer is it, yes. I'm looking at it is kill mother tears. And then marry don't don't fuck anyone because i don't i'm not really into that pain shit and also i could not handle in the bedroom the fucking like mother of size that is some asmr i do not want mm. and it's like so can i like marry them both and it'll be like a sister wife situation because like they both <laughs> have dope houses like i've said before in the last ones property yeah you're you like you're like property. you guys i you guys can share custody of me if those, and yeah, i will bounce back and forth between your properties yeah if those houses are the dowries like goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'll have a pet alchemist. Yeah. Anyway, this is a terrible bit, and I regret that I've done it. This is the third time now, I think. At least. Oh, good God. But, uh, One day we'll you stop. know what is really a bummer? It's that really... mother to your sucks ass. Yeah, that really sucks. It's almost like, you know, it's too bad they didn't just, like, try and proceed with a movie. Like, imagine if Daria Nicolodi wrote a third movie. And was like, let's just make it. What if she wrote this one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, check. Uh, uh, oh, it turns out that happened. 
She wrote a movie, and it was going to be Suspiria 3, but then Suspiria right, okay. 3 never happened. Okay, I'm so sorry, because by saying, like, what if that happened, and she wrote Mother of Tears, I'm so sorry to speak ill of the dead. Yeah, I don't like, think I'm she, so sorry to I, speculate ill of the dead. I think any credit she gets on that is, like, based on characters by. That she, which, yeah, fair obviously. enough. And also literally being in the movie. Yes. No, she wrote a movie that was going to be Suspiria 3, but Inferno bombed. So, yes. so there was no uh, fun Dario passed on it. He went on and did Tenebrae, which, you know, as much as I'm like, I want a third one of these, it's like, Tenebrae is great. I, yes. I want them both to exist yes. somehow, you know? Even though Tenebrae kind of, in part, exists as it does by virtue of being a reaction right. to... Because he was done with the Jello, and then after Inferno not doing well, like, I think cool, Claudio was just like, do jello. another Jello. Those yeah. have been bangers, so he made this. Um, but yeah, Dario wrote a movie, kind of got passed on, and then so she brought it to uh, homeboy Luigi Cozzi of uh, Profondo Rosso fame, not the movie, the store, and he had a different idea for it and rewrote the script, and then she's like, oh, I don't like what you wrote, so she bailed on it, and so what we get is 1989's Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Lewis Coates. And uh, Lewis Coates... Love you, Lewis. Uh, what the fuck with this movie? First off, it's it. The title card is Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, and the the great story is why it's based on the Black Cat is that when he sold the movie to a distributor, the distributor had already started selling it to markets as a Poe adaptation. So he made him go back and just shoot random shots of black cats and cut them into the movie, and that is how it's based on the Black Cat. Full stop. Which yeah. Now, this movie's crazy, and I'm going to say something so spicy right now that it might get our podcast canceled by the horror community. This did Wes Craven's New Nightmare five years before Wes Craven did New Nightmare. This is that movie. It already, That premise is not new. Black Cat did it already. And for my money, I'll take the Black Cat over New Nightmare. Oh, snap. Yeah, that's spicy. Not necessarily for polish, but in terms of, like, I don't know, man. I love how batshit it is, because this premise you can't not be cheesy with. It's, like, not possible. Mm. But what we've got here, basically, is um, this guy is writing a horror movie, and uh, I just love the dinner scene where they're pitching it straight up. He's just like, yes, it's based on uh, Mater Suspiriorum. And, and they're just the three like... mothers. It's like, wait, wasn't that already a movie? And they should have go like, ah, yes, by Dario Argento, it is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But then they're like, actually, it's based on a real book by some fake dude Farelli, we made up. who's but, not Farelli. But then it turns out it's not even by him. It's like, oh, some British guy wrote it. Here's the real book. And I love how it just keeps going like, no, this is the real book. No, this is the real book. And the book gets bigger <laughs> every time until she's got like this huge, like, one of those Been kids told. cardboard books of the Hungry Caterpillar, but it's this. And basically, the movie is being made, but uh, uh oh, the actual mother who, who what do they call her? Like Lavanya, Lavana, Lavana, and they're just like Lavana's just like shows up in the mirror for the lady who's gonna play her. The movie is just like you cannot be me. No one must. You're not Lavana. And it's just like oh shit, this like maggot lady with like zits on her face. Like she looks like that Junji Ito drawing of the dude that's face is just zits. Um, <laughs> She comes out of the mirror, which has, like, a weird graveyard hidden behind it. And uh, not literally. It just keeps cutting to this fucking graveyard tomb that she climbs out of. And uh, she's just, like, starts fucking shit up and driving this. Like, she's she's gaslighting this lady. She's gaslighting the shit of this lady. Driving her crazy. As uh, shit goes on. And um, 
you know, they're getting heat from the producer who's going to make them rich, and they do that sort of deal with the devil with, like, Leonard Levin, the producer. Yeah. He's this dude uh, in a wheelchair in this very, like, bootleg Barry Convex from Videodrome setup, where it's like <laughs> there's a camera filming people at all times, and they yes. watch themselves on TV, but it's just, like, five TVs that are very small on a stand. And uh, he has an assistant who literally, she shows up for this meeting and then plot twist, she's actually Levana the whole time. It's like, she did nothing in this movie. She was just Well, I remember there. she showed up and we're like, have, have, have we seen her Yeah, before? you're just like, wait, who is that? I'm like, that was the assistant. You're like, from where? <laughs> um, but the movie's just like a bunch of like, sort of cheap set pieces that are kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit dull until the last act where mm. the movie just goes off the fucking rails yeah, because every it, once in a while when she's tripping out it cuts to like a space fetus like 2001 but it's an actual puppet in water like it's like just like and also sometimes just space and just space like like fucking astronomical shit <laughs> and um she realizes that she had the power all along like end of labyrinth like you have no power over me kind of thing just that lavana there is no spoon um and the plot twist of course is uh turns out that leonard levin is the face of lavana it's like yeah of course <laughs> i didn't see this coming but she realizes that she's like a solipsist i guess because she's like ah i've decided that this sucks so you're not gonna affect me my husband's going to make a rich movie and we're going to live happily ever after and my kid's going to be back and that's great. And she's just like, you know, on that secret shit, just manifesting everything. <laughs> and then there's this part that just made me fucking howl with laughter because um, Leonard Levin gets stabbed to death in it. Right? Yes. Uh, actually, he gets shot in the face a bunch by that's her right. as well. Uh, and, and she's just like, and then and then he got successful his movie and we lived happily ever. And she's just like saying this storybook thing. She just goes, and Leonard Levin is not dead, but he's still in a wheelchair where he should be. And it's just said with this weird bluntness that's just like, You're like uh, Jesus oh, Christ. Okay. okay. <laughs> just like, oh man, I would love to see a disability politics reading of yeah. that kind of end. Like, it's one of those ones where you're like, I'm sure there's a point there. I'm not smart enough to make it. But... Yeah, it's not it's not up for me. But I think yeah, they're like, like, this is the best timeline. And this guy, well, yeah. I had flashbacks to like the critical uh, disability yeah, studies yeah, that yeah. we took. Totally. Uh, but yeah, so this movie is fucking crazy. And I love how it just has the little music cue from Suspiria every time they mention that there's a movie. It's like, oh, that movie by Dario Argento. Like... <laughs> and the green light. Yeah. Um, it's fun. <sighs> yeah. It's bad shit. It's bad shit. I loved the random car explosion. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they did that. It didn't live up to Inferno or Suspiria by a country mile, but it's also... Are we surprised? It is also country mile... Or several ahead of Mother of Tears for yes. at least being enjoyable. Yes. And yes, I know it is difficult to make a movie. And I realize how much effort goes into a movie. And I know that sometimes they just go sideways on you. And, you know, good job on getting a movie done. I still don't like Mother of Tears, though. Uh-uh. I don't know. Hopefully better things come. Inshallah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that is our, our uh, large mothers. episode about the three mothers. and Three mothers plus one. Plus Levana. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Lavana is the sister wives of the three mothers. Uh, shit, I fucking love Argento. That is no secret. I love Suspiria and Inferno. They're so good. And actually, I think in the run-up to this, uh, something else pulled me onto it. But I, I watched a bunch of his other movies recently. Mm. I watched uh, his Animal Trilogy, Opera, and Phenomena. Mm. They're all fucking great. And Phenomena, I just gotta say, goes so fucking hard. He did not have to go that hard for us. It is such a good movie. 
That's on IMD for a rewatch. I think I've only seen it the one time. Yeah, that one Jennifer Connelly. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I know, yeah. I know that. Yeah. I just don't remember much else. God, that's hard. That movie rules. Uh, anyway, but before that, we, we do have our, our usual recommendations. Uh, what do you got for us? Um, I couldn't, I had a couple ideas that I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, thematically, kind of, I don't know. So I'm going to be lazy and just go with 2018 Suspiria. Fair enough. Um, Which I need to rewatch because I, I, I saw it the one time. Yeah, and we I was saw like, it at the Metro and yeah, um, like it was, it was, our it was local indie theater. Good. It left me kind of like, oh, I think I liked it. I think you, I remember the reaction coming out of it. I was very neutral on it or like sort of like ambivalent. Yeah. And you seemed to like it a little more than I did. Yeah. It's one of those ones I want to rewatch uh, because, you know, I went into it. At that point in time, and since then, I, I don't think, like, oh, it's sacrilege, you remade mm. a fantastic movie. It's just, like, I'll just see the movie for its own merits. Yeah. I, it, I'm not That's what gonna, you gotta do, honestly. Because, you know, it, it reaches a point where it's, like, very few, very, very few of the remakes coming out could possibly live up to the originals. Mm-hmm. And, I, I don't know, I remember liking it, but thinking that the, I had beef with stuff separate from I the original Suspiria, but I really want to watch it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's funny, like, the elements that, in another context, maybe I would have liked, I just didn't think worked here. Right. But I say that, having seen it once when it first came out, like, that's, when it was in theaters. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, good, good. We should watch it again sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, my recommendation is going to be, I, I mentioned last episode, probably several episodes, I've been watching through all the video nasties, and uh, I'm almost done. I've got 13 left, and I'm so excited about that. I've watched through all the cannibal movies they're fucking done. I don't have to watch any more of those shitty movies. Uh, But one I watched a while ago, and it's on the Section 3 list, so the purists will say it doesn't count, but that's why I'm trying to watch them all, is Norman J. Warren's Terror from 1978. Came the very next year from Suspiria, and it's so obviously influenced by Suspiria Mm. in a lot of ways. It, It hits a lot of those... You know, I was saying, like, people just, like, pull the colored light yeah. and it's like, this is that movie. But it's actually interesting. Hmm. Uh, it's British horror. It fits into the, like, family curse gothic horror thing, but updated um. to sort of, like, post-mod mod culture thing. Oh, okay. Where, you know, family curse with a ghost possession, and then all these murder set pieces happen. But it's, instead of a dance studio, it's concerning uh, a really, like, shoddy film studio. Hmm. Characters are kind of fun. There's actually some fun moments and dialogue in it. I think it's a pretty good movie. Cool. Um, I liked it more the, the second... This was my second time watching it when I watched it, and I liked it a lot more this time. And I don't know, I, I did not care for Norman G. War, J. Warren's movies when I first... The few I'd seen the first time, I didn't really care for them, and I'm enjoying them more. Hmm. Uh, we need to watch Bloody New Year sometime, one of his movies, because it, it is the most inexplicable movie. <laughs> Things happen. And you're just like, the fuck am I watching? But it's like ridiculous to a hilarious extreme. It'd be a nice pair up with Extra, which is another insane movie. Cool. Yeah, so Terror is mine. Uh, that'll do it for us, won't it? Oh, God, this is going to be a long one. We haven't yeah. had a long one like this in a while. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see how much remains. Yeah, we're so sorry for like half of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks for tuning in. I uh, will see you in a couple weeks. Uh, until then, take it easy and keep it sleazy.